Hi, friends. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that if you like what we talk about here on the Belonging Podcast, I think you'll really love my book. It's called Root and Ritual, Timeless Ways to Connect to Land, Lineage, Community, and the Self. And it is available right now wherever books are sold. It is a beautifully illustrated guide to connecting with the earth, your ancestors, and your communities as you come home to your whole self. Though we live in a radically different looking world, the needs of our bodies and spirits are the same as the ancestors we come from. I divide this book into four parts, land, lineage, community, and self, and I take you on a journey for engaging more deeply with your life. I provide stories from my own life and I share rituals, recipes, and ancestral wisdom, journal prompts to support you on your individual and unique and sacred path. You can get more info and bonuses at rootandritualbook.com and pick it up at your favorite bookstore online or in person. Thanks for all your support. It means the world to me. Welcome to Belonging, a podcast that explores how to come home to yourself in the age of loneliness. I'm Becca Piastrelli, your host and guide on a journey of courageous reconnection. As we explore topics like ancestral wisdom, cultivating meaningful sisterhood, living with the seasons and cycles of the earth and your body, and what it means to be a good ancestor. Hello and welcome back to Belonging. It's Becca Piastrelli here. So happy to be with you today. I'm just back from being away for a few weeks on ancestral lands. I went to Ireland to iron out a few details for the next retreat or sacred pilgrimage I'm facilitating there over May Day, Beltane, Bealtaine next year. Details coming soon. Depending on when you're listening to this, they might already be available. Check the show notes for more on that. And I also went to Glastonbury, England, otherwise known as the land of mythical Avalon of Arthurian legend and pilgrimage site for the last 10,000 years for humanity. Beautiful place stayed just under the tor over the white spring next to the chalice well. If you don't know what these things are, I highly recommend giving it a Google image search. It was a beautiful experience that I'm very much still integrating. Not quite ready to share. I'm learning to keep things close also because I'm a manifesting generator in human design. I love my human design nerds out there. Hey, and I'm learning to sit with things a bit more before jumping to conclusions or to action. So all I can say is it was very powerful. Check my Instagram if you want to see a few bits of wisdom that pulled through and some images of incredible sacred sites. I visited a lot of tombs along those ley lines over there. And I ended my time in Massachusetts, which is also ancestral land on my mother's side, where I co-facilitated a workshop called Night of the Ancestors with my friend Sarah Jenks the night before Samhain or Halloween. It was so beautiful. We all dressed in black and circled together in Sarah's beautiful moon lodge out there in Medfield, Massachusetts. And we all brought ancestral items to put on the altar 
And it was so cool to see what people brought. One brought a cast iron pan, one brought a big bowl, and we actually had her fill it with water to create an essence of that evening, of the magic of that night. And we had images and letters and jewelry and stones, and it was such a beautiful experience. I led a meditation where we actually connected with some of our ancestors and it proved to be very powerful. So after quite a journey, I am back home in Northern California and realizing we are in November and Halloween has passed and we are all knowing what's coming. Dun, dun, dun. The holidays, the winter holidays are coming. And this is something I'm always very vocal about in the beginning of November. And I usually, or I used to have a program called A Handmade Holiday for the past five years that for many reasons I'm not doing this year, but that doesn't mean I don't want to spread the word or share what I've learned about cultivating a more meaningful relationship with the winter holidays, with this time of year, when seasonally and energetically, we really want to go within and the earth is quieting around us. And it's a season of light and community and communion. And yet modern day commercial society sort of tweaks us out and manipulates our desire for these feelings of connection in a way that can make us feel stressed out, burnt out, anxious, in debt, crossing boundaries or not putting up boundaries with friends or family or people on the highway. So I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about setting intentions, planning for cultivating a more meaningful, aligned relationship with these next few months, because they are very sacred. And throughout time for humanity, there's so much wisdom we can pull in from our ancestors, from the folklore of this time, from the wisdom of nature around you, wherever you are in the world. So how did you feel about the holidays growing up and as a child? no matter what you celebrated or didn't celebrate. I'll tell you, I grew up in a Christmas family, a Christmas celebrating family, I should say. Not super religious, but a little bit of religion. It's sort of like a lot of people become a little bit religious around Christmas, which is, or Hanukkah is such an interesting thing. I think it really speaks to our craving for sacred communion and ritual. But I think what I loved about this time of year was that it felt like time stopped. I mean, we we literally got out of school as children. Like time really did stop because school was like everything. And we all had traditions with our families, no matter what it is. And mine, my family, well, I think I really craved tradition. My family just followed my lead, but every little ritual was important to me. Getting the tree, decorating the tree, playing the music. Our family's really into bossa nova music. So I always, when I ever hear bossa nova, which is Brazilian music, I think of the holidays. It's so interesting what imprints on us as a child. I also was banned from watching television for the two weeks leading up to the 25th of December, 
which I thank my parents for in my in my adult age, but I was furious with them. And I can see why, because the the commercials, this is like pre-Netflix and stuff, but the commercials leading up in December would get more and more intense and actually would get longer. We would time them. And that would be an issue for me because I would get into this place as a child of, I want, I want, I want. And my parents were horrified (laughs) by by me acting that way and really wanted to bring in a sense of this, this time of year is not about getting the things and the stuff. So there was no TV two weeks before the 25th, but other traditions we had was going to church on the night before on the midnight mass, the night before Christmas. And actually I'm trying to remember what we did. I actually don't remember much about the mass itself. I think it was that we went and it felt tingly and magical because it was at night, late at night. And, and it just felt like, I don't know, I was up with Santa or something. It felt really beautiful. I think the lights also holiday lights really, really, um, bewitched me in a way, you know, in these dark times to have lights and all the houses and all the trees, Light is a really important element of this time of year, this time of darkness. And truly, to our pre-Christian ancestors, solstice is the time of the rebirth of the sun. It's the longest night of the year. And then after that, the days start to get longer. And so it's like the death and rebirth of the sun, the life-giving entity, deity, whatever, whatever works in that space to really grow food again and be warm again and know that another life cycle, another cycle of rebirth and nourishment is coming. And so I think seeing lights in the dark twinkling on trees is mesmerizing for one and feels magical and also feels very ancestral. Also looking at fire and just feeling, feeling the light in the dark such a powerful experience. So I want you to think about what your, no matter what you celebrate, I really don't want to make this Christian focus. That's like so anti what I'm about, but really focusing in on this time of year when you were growing up and it maybe, maybe there's actually more negative associations for you, but you know, for some of us, there's, there's positive ones too. And so think about what felt exciting and what your traditions were and, and what, what felt magical to you. And I found out as, and I realized as I grew up, a lot of that magic got muddled in adulthood. I noticed in my twenties, I started to feel stressed around the holidays, mostly to feel impressive. (laughs) Like, you know, those Norman Rockwell paintings where everyone has got that like plastic smile on their face and they're serving the turkey and the dog has a sweater on and everything is lovely. And I, I think I just, I really got caught up in that perfect holiday motif that's in movies and oh my gosh, so obsessed with holiday movies that show families getting along or working through something and, and looking, you know, together and in communion and in community I mean, I think we're all kind of into that because not all of us have that. I also had a real issue with spending money around the holidays. I, you know, there's that urge to 
show your love, to show your love. And, and it's like the more you spend on someone, the more you love them. Right. It's so, it's, um, so counterintuitive. And yet every year I kind of get in, even, you know, these, these past few years, I still watch myself a few days before go, it's not enough. And like, maybe try to run out and get extra things. And what are these, where do these things end up? In the landfill, in the ocean, you know, just think about the plastic and the, and the, just like the crap. And the fact that a lot of the economy, the retail economy depends on like the majority of their sales come in these next, you know, six to eight weeks between really between November 1st and December 25th. And so they're going to try to convince you. So I'm not going to become a Scrooge here, but I'm going to, I'm going to acknowledge, I'm going to acknowledge the fact that it got to me. It gets to me in a way that feels really wonderful and also kind of a letdown. And I really hear that a lot about this time of year, about feeling that build and then feeling that just like depressive drop off, you know? I mean, oh, I used to drink so much this time of year. I really loved a party and I'd go to the parties and I would just drink so much. I would eat so much and I ended up being numb. I ended up being numb through it all. And I really, that's not what I want. What I want is to feel deeply present this time of year for the magic. So I think it's helpful to remind ourselves of what's energetically going on. You know, we're, we're in the final waning days of autumn moving into winter. And that could look very different depending on where you are in the world. This is of course, speaking from a perspective of the Northern hemisphere. If you're in the Southern hemisphere, spring is waking up after winter and summer's coming. And we've been talking, I've been talking in the last few episodes about how we went from harvest energy and it really went to wilting and composting and really into a death cycle that we've been in. And now it's, it's as if the earth is going to sleep and it's really about balancing the energy of wanting to push that energy of harvest and really putting that to bed for a little bit and trusting your desire to go inward, not resisting it. Maybe you need a little more sleep these days. Maybe you need a little more rest these days. Maybe you don't want to work out quite as hard. Maybe you're drawn to a little more warming foods, fattening foods. This is deeply ancestral because our ancestors, they just worked their booties off on harvest and putting the fields to bed and chopping wood and preserving food and really preparing for the winter time. And so this is a time to rest and be with the community Make sure everyone's okay and taken care of because spring will come again. And that will be about sowing the seeds and planting and then tending all summer and then harvesting again next fall. And so this is like in modern society, this is the time that we resist the most, the being, the resting. We live in such a go, go, go society that really values like caffeine and doing, which I can get totally into. But if we don't honor this time of year, the winter in our bodies, we get sick. We get angry and grumpy and short fuse and exhausted. 
we have road rage, we are rude in the grocery store line, we get super depressed and don't answer our phone for three days, whatever it is, we get the flu. So some of us can feel like it's a trap (laughs) that, you know, we like resist the holidays, don't look forward to the holidays. But I'm here to remind you that you have the power to choose how you do it. And it can be hard because modern culture is really strong with its messages of how of how to be, of how to do, of how to spend this time of year. But we don't need to fall into that trap. It takes some courage. It takes some intention. It takes some supportive accountability from our friends. But I think it really starts with setting an intention of how you want to feel. How do you want to feel this holiday season? Because feeling good is kind of the whole point. And so maybe get a, get specific here. So I, I have some words I use. I want to feel joyful. I want to feel inspired. I want to feel rested and spacious and cozy. So think about how you want to feel this holiday season. Do you want to feel sparkling? Do you want to feel generous? Do you want to feel content? Warm, excited, peaceful. Get really clear on how you want to feel. And you can just choose one. I want to feel rested this holiday season. I want to feel generous this holiday season. And then take those feeling words and really, really infuse it with deep intention like a heavy stone buried deep in the earth beneath you were the roots of a giant redwood tree, something that will hold you up when the winds blow and things get tough, keep you rooted in your truth for who you want to be this holiday season, really ground you. So I like to use I am statements with intention to really embody as if it already is right? This is like manifesting 101, not the bypassy privileged kind, <laughs> the grounded, rooted allyship kind. So, so think about those feeling words that you just came up with and, and create an I am statement. So how about, I am joyful, rested, and cozy this holiday season, or I am fully appreciating the cozy togetherness of this holiday season. Or I am experiencing deep joy and contentment by being with those I cherish this holiday season. Or I am the embodiment of generosity and hope this holiday season. If you can, like write that down, grab your journal. If you're driving, don't do that, <laughs> but take some time. You put on your voice memo notes on your phone. Speak it to someone. So now that you have your intentions, you can create practices and rituals and ways of being that really grounds it because intention and feeling is good, but then we've got that action taking, right? Like how, Becca, how am I going to feel generous and content and joyful when the madness is all around me? And so let's think about practices you can do this year that you know serve you. Maybe you've used them in the past, in past holiday seasons that really ground you into those feelings. 
So I like to move my body outside to really remember, you know, when I get really wrapped up on like my devices and the things and the stuff to go outside and see winter and experience winter. Here in California, it's cold nights and really sunny, sort of cool days. It's really bright and sunny, but that that sun is sort of tilted. So it's kind of like always feels like afternoon, early evening light. And to walk under that sun and really feel that late in the year feeling to remind myself that I am, I am in that resting time too. Also naps, fully a spiritual practice, napping. I gotta remember to take them or I sleep in. Although lately I'm really, I'm up very early. I'm in an early wake up stage right now, but to take a nap, to soothe your nervous system and to say, you know what? I don't need to be rushing. I can get to that when I wake up or tomorrow. Another thing that truly feels like an ancestral and powerful practice this time of year is working with my hands. I do that all the time, mostly on Sundays, but there's something about this time of year where it feels particularly powerful. I think about our ancestors and how really the origin of gifting around this time of year is, is this act of goodwill to your neighbors to make sure they're going to be okay over the winter. So I like to dip candles. I don't knit socks. I buy knit socks, but I like to make these baskets for my community that are really in the spirit of, you know, even though I know you have electricity and heat and, and can afford food, I still have this wish and desire for you to thrive in these times of dreaming and darkness and chilliness. So I like to put knit socks and candles and maybe some, some canned, Tim and I have been really into making pickles or jam or something you've made. There's still time to make it. You can make vanilla extract or there's so many things you can make. The internet is your friend when it comes to that. I'll also put a link to some things you can make in the show notes here that are of service to you in that space. But this idea of working with my hands, cooking soups, watching the Great British Baking Show, which is literally the best ever, and making like pie, still trying to master the gluten-free pie crust for my love who is gluten-free, making teas, burning herbs on the stove, and really decorating my home with evergreens, evergreen trees, the origin of bringing a tree in your home. So an evergreen is a sun symbol in most old folklore of Europe and other parts of the world because it lives through winter. So our ancestors brought that into their homes to remind them that not all is dead and that the sun will be reborn and that life is beginning anew again and life continues. And so bringing evergreens, yes, I love a tree, but also hanging it around my house, making swags, putting it on, on our table, hanging it above our door when you come in. Many types of evergreens. I mean, that's origin mistletoe too, to think about and connect to the way our ancestors lived deeply grounds me when I'm like, oh, should I go to Target and buy more stocking stuffers for a dollar each, you know? That'll just end up at the back of the closet or in the Goodwill bag or, you know, the worst bottom of the trash. So making gifts. I don't know if 
if you've made gifts before, I remember it started because I was flat out broke in grad school and I wanted to give something meaningful. And I remember Tim and I made limoncello and coffee liqueur. Oh, and he infused vodka with Skittles, early twenties. I'm telling you, we were really into the alcohol, but it's evolved since then. And I've made, oh man, I've just, every year I get into really one really big thing and I make it, now I make herbal medicines and soap and wow, you name it. I've made it teas and infused bath salts and perfumes and essential oil blends and all of it. And what I've noticed with the approach to gift giving from a handmade perspective is not everyone loves handmade gifts. I get that. But there is an energy in that exchange because you can infuse your intentions and your love through your hands into a gift that you just can't feel from a store-bought gift. You know, I still give store-bought gifts, but I really try to make them special and to reduce it like just do one per person something they really want or I know they'll really love and then handmade gifts as well. It's like you can feel the difference. It's like with a home-cooked meal, you know, like someone serves you soup they've been working on for the past three hours and singing and sending their prayers into you whether they're aware of it or not versus like TV dinner. Or when you're in a party and the vibe's feeling so good and then someone with some nasty energy just walks into the room it kind of like brings down the whole thing I mean handmade gifts are good for lots of things yes budget but I really think it knits a thread of connection between you and the gift recipient it's it's really a gift to both of you it's like a sacred act that binds your relationship even tighter And it has the power to influence that person's daily life. It could sit on their desk or their windowsill in the bathroom or next to the stove in their kitchen. And every time they see it or use it, they're receiving all the love and beautiful intentions you've put into it. I mean, it has the power to change days. It's a reminder that they are adored and worth crafting something beautiful over. Time is our most precious asset. And remember, remember, linear time is false. However, we live in a system that embraces linear time. And so for someone to know that you spent time working on this for them, it creates such a beautiful ripple effect. You know, it inspires them to get creative too. So think about this. Have you ever received a gift and been like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Or given a gift where you saw the tears in their eyes. You know, don't you live for that moment when someone opens that gift and from you, And it's just such a powerful experience of them feeling seen and appreciating you and appreciating them. See, that's what I want to bring back to this sacred, ancient practice of exchanging gifts this time of year. And not the stress of not having enough money or getting the coolest thing or supporting the economy, but really divorcing yourself from all that, which is just still going to happen without you. And really drop into a place of true communion, of true goodwill and generosity, taking care of yourself while also showing love to others. And having money in January to keep your self-care practices up when everyone's like freaking out about New Year's goals and hitting the gym and you're like, I'm going to still rest over here. And I, you know, 
My bank account is in the positive. So hopefully I've convinced you (laughs) that cultivating more meaningful experience of the holidays is important and that it starts now. It really starts now because once, once the end of November hits, it just gets wild. I just find that time period between American Thanksgiving and the 25th, it just goes quick and crazy. Oh my gosh. And I'll be moving to a new house this year during that time. So I've, I'm setting intentions already spacious, big one, joyful, big one, cozy, good, big one, but not cramped, not crowded by moving boxes everywhere. So think about what you realistically have on your calendar already, because calendars are filling and think about how you want to be more intentional with your time, how you want to slow time down. And make room for the practices you know work for you, whether it's the walks or the naps or the time making gifts or the time with loved ones or watching your favorite movies or baking your favorite cookies or whatever it is. And honestly, I recommend opening your calendar and like scheduling that time in. There's this whole saying, if it isn't scheduled, it doesn't happen. Sometimes that's true for me. Sometimes that's not. But... And I know when it's really crazy times, that's absolutely true. That if I don't schedule in like downtime, (laughs) then it doesn't happen. So, so do what you need to do, you know, tell your partner, they've got to watch the kids or schedule errands another time. Just really open your calendar and think about the next few weeks and what you want. You're going to be so happy you did. So, so, so happy you did. I realize there's something here that's also important to address, which is the emotional triggers and challenges of the holiday season. I've touched upon it a little bit, but I think it's important to talk about it in a deeper way. I'm particularly thinking about those of us that have tough relationships with family, but, um, you know, still go see them. I know one of my big triggers is the parking lots of grocery stores and malls in those final few days, December 22nd, 23rd, when everyone's just sort of leaning on the horn at each other. For some people, it's their social media news feeds that shows like engagements and gifts and families in pajamas and, um, you know, like their fall photo shoot that can just bring up stuff. And just remember, it's highlight reel. It's never real life. And so also to think about, I'm having you sort of walk through a process here to think about what you know comes up for you. I want you to honestly think about what comes up for you, what challenges you, what triggers you every holiday season. Just be super real with yourself. What do you know is like a thing? Is it the uncle who says the racist stuff or drinks too much? Is it going shopping at Trader Joe's on the 24th, 4th, 21st, 24th? Is it Instagram? Is it feelings about religion? Is, is it feelings about loneliness and community? So just think about that. Think about that. And remember that you have practices that you know yourself, that you know work for you, or that you want to try to help with that whether it's deeply breathing or walking outside 
or deleting Facebook for a couple weeks, or like my parents did saying no TV (laughs) two weeks before the 25th, or the mantra you can say out loud or an affirmation, meditation, going off social media for a few weeks. Think about that. Maybe write it down so you can look at it. And then the final thing I wanted to share is just coming back to the gift giving is take some time now before we feel that pressure cooker build to write down the names of everyone you want to show generosity and appreciation to maybe not just family members but you know maybe like your mailman or the person who cuts your hair or that neighbor that you always see walking his dog and you never quite say hi. And next to their name, don't write the gift. Write an intention. What do you want them to feel from you? Do you want them to feel seen, appreciated, supported, loved? And then from there, figure out what you want to give them, whether it's made with your hands or purchased. It's such a more grounded way of approaching holiday gift giving than do we have enough stuff, enough things? Should we buy more stuff and things? Is this the right stuff and things? Is it worthy? And and just ground back into how you want to feel and how you want others to feel. It's truly powerful. And I would say ancestral. Solstice time. Being the light in the dark, coming together with family over, or community, chosen family, whatever it is, over home-cooked food, with candlelight and evergreens, and this feeling of goodwill that I got you, and we're going to make it through winter, and we're going to embrace winter. So I hope this serves you over these next few weeks these next two months. I wish you a beautiful solstice. I'll be back before then, but it was important for me to plant the seeds of this now that we've crossed over the Samhain Halloween threshold, still in the underworld with our ancestors, but also in the Western world, acknowledging the fact that there are holiday sales emails in my inbox already. And it's a thing we've got to acknowledge and address. So thank you for listening as always. I hope this serves you. And I'd love if you'd like to, I would love to know what came up for you during this episode. If you do make holiday gifts, if you did make the list, what your intentions are, how you want to feel, what your triggers are, Share them with me on Instagram at Becca Piastrelli or on the show notes at belongingpodcast.com. Oh, and if you're looking for some magical, meaningful gift items this holiday season, I've just opened my own shop of handcrafted herbals to support you on your journey. You can check it out at beccapiastrelli.com slash shop. Thank you so much for being here and I will see you. I will not see you. I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. 
I know your time is sacred, and I hope this episode infused some inspiration and meaning into your day. For show notes, links, and references from this episode, you can go to belongingpodcast.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to Belonging on Apple Podcasts, and if you have a moment, leave a review. This helps my little podcast reach more listeners, and I would be ever so grateful.